and welcome back to another brand new episode of Wrestling with Romance. I'm your co-host, Life of Dean, and on today's episode, me and Jack get into a very interesting conversation about something I believe is called girlfriend for a week or relationship for a week, and it's just basically almost the evolution of speed dating. That's what I would call it, but it's almost going through a relationship and many of the things that go into relationships um, in just a week, like experiencing it, experiencing it, and it was it's something fascinating to me because I've just never heard of it before. From there, we segue into, well, the big elephant in the room. Uh, we can't have an episode and not talk about the man who is pretty much the devil himself, Vince McMahon. We share our thoughts on that. Jack celebrates the demise of Vince in a way, but we also talk about just how heinous of a human being he is uh, and how good it is to you know, in a sense, it is amazing to get someone that is this despicable out of this wrestling, like, landscape. But also, it is a little bit disturbing. So many things that go on with this case. Jack didn't know all the information, so I give him some information, some insight in regards to, like, the Brock Lesnar stuff and things of that nature. And basically, you know, this could only be the beginning. This should just be the tip of the iceberg. Who knows what else is to come after this. Uh, from there, we jump into Royal Rumble. We also speak about Triple H's responses to some of the questions at the Royal Rumble press conference. Because, boy, did he not do well at all with that. And then from there, we discuss the booking of Sting's last match. Me and Jack both share, you know, our views on it, how we would do it. I'm more or less aligned with how AEW is doing it just because you want to respect the wishes of the man himself. But from there, you know, that's it for the episode. You know, we are so glad to have you guys on this journey with us as we continue along. We're episode 15, episode 20, right there, right around the corner. So make sure that you guys subscribe, like, share it. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. You were, you were a young man once, right? Yeah, I would like to hopefully feel like I still am a young man in some way. <laughs> now, when you were younger and singular, or or um, did you ever do like, <laughs> like you know, like girlfriend for a week? No, you don't know like the concept of like girlfriend for a week. No. It's like, well, maybe it's just because like my life is so transient. I've ended up running into these. Okay. But you have like, you're either visiting somewhere or somebody's visiting you or you just meet and they're going to be in your town for a week. And so you have like girlfriend for a week. Like, you know, you go on dates, you hold hands, you're intimate together. But like, there's a very near expiration date. I'm not going to lie to you, Jack. You're exposing me to a world I've never heard of until this very moment. So you've never heard of this concept at all? Never. Oh, it's... it's. I've actually found a lot of... I mean, I've probably had too many of them to the point where they actually have caused me more harm than good. This um, would explain a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, because I'm like, oh, wait, it's over, and it wasn't real. It's like falling in love on a cruise ship. Like, you know, I it feel like... It sounds like speed dating on steroids. 
Like, you know how speed... <laughs> you know? It's it's speed relationship. Right. It sounds like the... It sounds like the Pokemon evolution of speed. <laughs> like, of. you know, it, it, like, it goes, oh, one date? Okay, let's give you seven. It's like yeah. something like that. Well, it's like, I mean, you, it's not just, you know, you, you don't just go on dates. You have a full three-dimensional relationship. Like, you have, yeah, you, 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 um, you don't just go on the dates, you know, they sleep over, they, you, you, uh, tell each other about each other's day, maybe even have, like, a fight in there. Like, it's... Uh, <laughs> that is wild for a seven-day experience with a person you've never met. Well, sometimes you've met them before, but sometimes you haven't. Okay. And there's also like, it's like something that clicks. I, right. And maybe, and I think it's because I also have been doing this for so long. Like, so I counted last time I moved, I've moved 14 times in four years. Good Lord. Yeah. I mean, some of it was just to like different housing in the same town, but okay. like for the most part, it was like Colorado to Oregon. And then back, and then, or even not even this, in the same area, because I would move, right. live in, like, there's uh, Aspen had a town called Basalt that was like 30 minutes away, and I would move live there for a bit. And then when winter would come, I would move towards Aspen right. to avoid to try to avoid the traffic. Um, gotcha. So like, I, I've got a lot of practice at compartmentalizing feelings because <laughs> it's like I know like. Once that snow goes, so does Jack. And whatever's relationship, friendship is going on, like it's gonna need to end. Because now right. I've I've done the long distance thing. Um had and it, it I, I would prefer not to do it again. Like right. I don't I'm not one of those people it's like, oh long distance can never work. No, I think it can. I think it can lead to something really okay. beautiful. I think it even even because my relationship didn't work out, I'm still very mm -hmm. proud of it and have very loving memories of it. One of my friends who I just went to their wedding in Texas, they started off with their partner long, right? Like for long distance, if I'm not mistaken. So it's like they went from long distance. And I think he's also listening to the show, Vicente, was good. Um, but also, if I'm not mistaken, he moved to Texas right as the pandemic started and now they're married. So don't, long distance can work. It just depends on who's the person doing it. I feel like also like I feel like long distance got more popular too during the pandemic because everybody was FaceTiming with everybody anyways. Pretty much. It's like we we are now in the time of society where it's actually kinda normal to be in a long distance yes. relationship. Like that's when my long distance started as well. Okay. And like there's pros and cons to like the girlfriend for a week. There's like the pro of like it just you know, it feels good. It feels that's magical. Yes. Do you count that as real relationships? Like, if somebody no. asks you how many... Okay. No, no. Like, when I'm thinking of, like, the real relationships of my life, there's been four. Um, only one of them, the long-distance one, lasted longer than two months. Mm. Um, my nickname was 60 Day Simon in college. I was about to say, you know, we've had... We have enough pitches for a reality TV show for your date in life and now we got a 60 day jack i'm just saying if we can get to a movie script no it's 60 day simon then you got to do that alliteration bro 60 day simon um we can I mean, maybe I have a movie here zoe 
so quick behind the scenes here, there's the partner of one of our friends in the group chat who's not that really into wrestling, but still participates because she's the greatest human ever. Um, we love Zoe. She and I will have a running bit about who, which we should also discuss on the show one day. I know you haven't watched it, but I want to bring it to the show. The bit Zoe and I have about Sex in the City characters as professional wrestlers. Okay. Let's get some crossover going here. All right, we'll bring that one then. I guess what? I have to watch an episode? Yes. Oh, yeah, you would watch like three episodes and get the whole gist of it. Besides I've pro seen, wrestling, like. I've seen both movies. Does that count? Yeah, that'll give you a good idea. I think you need to watch like three episodes of the TV show and you're, you're set. All right, cool. Go ahead. Besides pro wrestling, Sex in the City is like my favorite show ever. Like, I'll go like 2000. 15 to 18 NXT as my number one ever. Mm. Um, AEW 2019 to 2020 or 2021, and then Sex in the City as my three favorite TV shows ever. Sex in the City just never called me. Yeah, that's all right. It's not for everybody. But, anyways, uh, I have my reasons. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Say <laughs> Yeah, say less. Um, Zoe it keeps trying to convince me to sign up for a dating show, like a reality dating show. Please do. I don't. I'm not tall enough. That's what makes your character amazing. <laughs> He's the That's regular stereo of love. The regular <laughs> love. <laughs> um, but like, I feel like all this practice in girlfriend for a week can lead to me being good at these dating shows. I mean, possibly because, because it's, it's pretending like yeah. girlfriend for a week does require like some disassociation from reality. Yeah. You need to convince yourself that everything you're feeling about this person is real and rational mind and not just emotional mind. Cause you have to, Relate girlfriend for a week requires an all-in buy-in, right? To it's truly just, get the full experience. I'm thinking about it now because there was a show. There was a, a couple show. They had a queer version of it that was on Netflix, and it was like uh, these people would swap partners for like yeah. thirty days, and then they would swap back, and they want to see if they want to still be in a relationship. That's fine. It is nuts. Not gonna lie to you, the most craziest show. Somebody out there knows it. I forgot the name of it because I ended up watching one episode. With my girlfriend ended up watching the whole season. Mind you, I don't <laughs> like shows like that, but it was just like, who would do this with their romantic dating life? And then you mentioned you doing something like this, and I'm like, okay, exactly I don't do what this. you were just describing. <laughs> no, no, it's no. not the same. <laughs> don't get me wrong; it, it was very different. But I mean, like. I can see you on a show like that. Well, like, because, do you want to... No, you finish. Because it's just like, one, your personality already is just... it's You have a well-rounded, hilarious, intelligent, passionate personality, and you can articulate yourself. So you being on a show like that, you're going to be one of the stars of the show. Like, let's just point it out. Like, you're going to stick out. You think that. It can happen, my friend. You can be the first of your generation. You can be the first, first one. You can break ground. 
It takes a lot of work to break ground. It takes a break. I was I was dating a girl who actually became one of the scouts for I think it was The Bachelor. It was one of the bigger dating shows. Mm-hmm. One of the requirements: five eleven and up only. Listen, I got something for you right here. Because how tall are you? Five nine. Uh, right, but on so Tinder, these, I'm are, these are Converse skid grips, right? You see how thick this sole is, right? <laughs> this is about for the people who ain't seeing. I got, I'm showing him a pair of Converse I have now. Mind you, I'm already five eleven. These give me to like six one, six. six is that why we all one. think you're a giant? Possibly, because I've worn these around Joel twice. Uh, <laughs> There's but the truth. If you get those. It gives you a two-inch boost, baby. I'm just saying. You just right there. They might, you might be a centimeter or two off. We gotta get you like one of them wedges in your shoes that just give you like a little extra bo- heel boost. You know, well, because once they realize what they have, they're not gonna care about my height. Bam! Then we just gotta get you in the door. <laughs> just get you in the door. My five eleven. The nice swoop. Parakeet hair, get the hair freshly cut. <laughs> yeah. The the like, parakeet hair. <laughs> you know, you in the door. So, and and trust me, from anybody who's listened to the show and heard your dating stories, you on one of these shows is money. <laughs> <laughs> like we're the treasury. I mean, do you want to get into the why of like why I like yeah, why absolutely. I enjoy these things and why I buy into them each time. Absolutely. I'm very um one, I think I enjoy lying to myself. <laughs> we should probably unpack that a different day. But two, in a Give more ro- in a ro- more romantic sense and a more romantic truth. Um mm-hmm. better to uh, love into loss and to not love at all. Like even if it's just for a week, I want to see the full fruition of it. Mm. Like this, the tree is going to bear fruit whether or not that seed grows for a week, a month, a year, whatever. Right. And I want to see what this particular love is going to bring me and help make me a fuller person. Like right. every time you kiss somebody, you learn something about yourself. Um, and you know, if you kiss them more, if you kiss the same person more, and you search into it more and more. Um, you're going to enjoy it. I heard a line recently. Um, if you're going to be an adventurer, you must accept that you will be lost. If you are going to be a warrior, you must accept that you will be broken. And if you're going to be a lover, you must accept you will be both. And That's I, fair. And I enjoy, you know, I'll put myself through that as many times as I need to. And sometimes the truth of the matter is it's only meant to be for a week. Like I've never been with a woman who I didn't love at least a little. Like I made this decision in college. Like I'm going to love every woman I've been with. And you can love somebody, in my opinion, you can love somebody for 15 minutes. You can love somebody for a day. You can love somebody for a week. You can love somebody for a year. It's a spectrum. It's a spectrum that runs from adoration to, you know, 60 years of marriage, infatuation. Right. Um, and I don't like, I get frustrated when I hear people talk about love as a black and white thing. No. Nah, love is shades of gray. Yes. Love, love is a very much a game of shades of gray. And you, you can just love somebody for, you know, an hour, a week, a day, whatever, overnight. <laughs> um, but it's still love. It's, it's still love in its own sense. 
in its own context, I should say, I guess. I could tell you are an artist slash movie director because that just sounds like some movie thing that someone would say. Like that's been like broken so many times, like in a black, like in a dark scale room in like a suit, just be like, love is something where you can love somebody for an hour, a week, or a lifetime. But it, it's true. Now, for me, you know, I've always been protective of who I love. Like I, I don't give it away freely because it, mm. it, it means something, and it. You know, that could come from childhood trauma. That's from another thing that we can dig deep on. And like my dad not always being there. But it's like, I'm very picky on the people I allow. But it's like, when I love you, I love you to the full extent. Like, I love the flaws. I love everything. I I don't care what you look like today and maybe tomorrow you gain 100 pounds. I'm still going to fucking love you. It's just the idea of I love you. Like, when I love you, I love you for being you. It's not like I want you I want you to fit something for me to love you. It's just I love you. So it's I, I get it. But also, that's a lot to put yourself through to love every person that you come through because that's a your cup uh, kinda runs a little dry. Yeah. No, and I've definitely felt that where it's like, you know, I put the ladle into the well and it comes up empty. Yeah. But there's also, I know, like, it's like we were talking about last week with adrenaline. I know no other way to live. Like, and speaking of love within context and spectrum, it's like for my context and my spectrum, like, that's how I feel about love. Like, I don't think everybody should feel that way. I do know for whatever reason, I have a pretty, like, even when that well runs dry, the the aqueducts are going to feed it again. Like, I just need to give it a little bit of time, but it's always going to come back. And eventually, if I don't, you know, put another ladle into it, the cup, of the, the well is going to run it over. Yeah. It's... That makes... Because, mm, so I had a mentor, right? He, he, would, just, he would tell me this. This is back in college. Because he would be like, Dean, you love and you want to help everybody. I can tell. He was like, but just remember, when you're done filling everybody else's cup at the end of the day, remember to fill up yours. Because mm. you, you can't fill up... You can't fill up nobody with an empty cup because then they're just going to get nothing in return and you're going to be left with nothing and then everybody is dry. But this is truly how I how I fill up my own cup. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm not just scooping it into other people's. Like this is, yeah, for sure. Like it hurts when it's over, um, right. and usually to keep it a buck. Like I end up yearning more for them than they do for me. Yeah. Um, and I think, but I, I think and it, it is something I want to work on and to maybe not get so um, down the rabbit hole mm-hmm. with um, not upset. No, obsessed is definitely not the right word. It's the one no. that came out, but it's definitely not the right word. I've never been like that. Um, overexposed, <laughs> perhaps. Like like, like, me, like like Bray Wyatt on TV. Oh come on, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I get what you mean. Not even overexposed, but maybe like overutilized. Yeah. Like um, maybe like it's been too much that like you've gone to that, or maybe it's just been too much that you've tapped into that. Yeah. Like usage. Yeah, and. And either like just kind of 
being off-putting to the other person as a result. Yeah. Um, or just creating, you know, just draining myself. Right. And, you know, there's, I've had really great girlfriends for a week and I've had really bad girlfriends for a week and I've had really good girlfriends for a week where afterwards it's, I, I'm, I miss them more than I should. And that's when I have to kind of recalibrate and I'm like, okay, this is, I'm doing this in an unhealthy way now. Almost like role playing, like it's fantasy. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. You're role playing a happy relationship. That sounds so crazy to me. I think if I was in my 30s and still doing this, like if I was in my mid-30s and still doing this, I, I think I'd be like, okay, that's not healthy. Um, yeah, but like right know, now, I'm still at a practice point in my life. Like I'm still practicing for that great relationship. You know what I think it is? Also, me hearing this, like as I'm about, like I'm turning 34 this year, and me just hearing this for the first time, it's like, what? But also... <laughs> At your age, like at twenty seven, I I was like two years like not dating or celibate. So this might have been something where it was just like, Oh, you know, I like I I long to interact with people and stuff like that. So it might have felt completely different. It's all perspective. Yeah. Yeah, but Yeah, and like for me, yeah, I think of the Hemingway a lot of the only time where a man is a man is when they lose their fear of death. That is only when they are staring it in the face or making love to a truly wonderful woman. And once you are done making love with that woman, it is time to stare death again. So it's like, it's, we have to just, you know, I have to fuck until it's time to get back on the mountain. And then when I'm off the mountain, I need to, you know, find love again so I can lose that fear of death and feel presence in the moment. I'm going to find three inch shoe insert heels. So <laughs> get your ass on reality TV because you out here quoting fucking Hemingway on a wrestling podcast about love and how you become a real man. <laughs> Maybe, well, I think that's actually our next like level is when we get like some more money and production budget where you just have our own wrestling with romance dating show. Oh, God. you can host. I'll be the bachelor. <laughs> Oh, God. Zoe can pick all the girls. Would Zoe and them be able to see backstage? Like, we don't put them on the stage. They can just sit in the back and they just watch and they just, <laughs> just observe and just be like, how is this all going to go? Like, <laughs> Welcome to Wrestling with Romance, the podcast for now. Yes, I'm Jack Simon. Not the dating show. And I'll be able to go. like, the. Oh man, that was and a now, very sombering and it was kind of yeah. like a very sombering. Get you start. a man who can do both. And now that we've talked about love and how it should be, we can toast to my enemies who have no idea on how to do it and how finally the scourge of pro wrestling <laughs> is Ding the man which is dead. Vince Russo, Vince McMahon has done more damage to pro wrestling as an entity than anybody else has throughout history. Absolutely. I think without a shadow of a doubt, it's still going to take time to get rid of the things that he's done. Probably going to take like a solid decade, maybe more. But boy, is he gone. Cheers. (laughs) For those who are listening, 
Jack has just poured champagne and sprayed it on himself at what is about let's see, nine o'clock in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning. Eight. <laughs> Fuck Vince McMahon. <laughs> hey man, it's crazy because when the first time it happened, I was like, "Is this real?" Like I never thought I would see WWE with Vince McMahon not there unless he died. Like, I was just like, he kind of has to die for us to just never see him. Right. Like, everybody thought he was just going to die in the chair. Right. Then the whole lawsuit thing came out. And it was like, ooh, where there's a little smoke, there's some fire. And how, and first of all, also, it was kind of gross how he then went and paraded on TV right after the first. And everybody fucking cheered him. That was disgusting. That, I think that was my part where I started to really become very much like, I can't be in this wrestling crowd of people no. cheering a man. Well, I think that's a WWE thing. Exclusive. Yeah. I think I mean, I, I, nobody has done more damage to wrestling. It's shit like that where he's turned, I might mispronounce this word, but fuck it, we're going to ball anyways. Yeah. Psychofence? Yes. Is that the correct pronunciation of that? Probably not, but I'm going to go with it. Somebody who follows an idol without any qualms or dissension. Basically like Nicki Minaj in the bar. <laughs> her okay. fans will her fans will her fans will block and do everything she says. The way though, people respond to Beyonce's uh uh everybody on mute challenge. Yes. Like shit like that. Yeah. Um but they I thought it was like so he created a legion of these who yes. like made them believe that this is not only the pro only pro wrestling that matters is the only pro wrestling that exists. Yes. Like, that was a very deliberate plan. Um was it good for business? Sure. Could you have run that business and created this empire without that sort of brainwashing? I honestly don't know, and we'll never know. It- I it's do know it business. was for the worst of the worst of, of for all of pro wrestling. It's good for business if you want to monopolize it. And that's what he wanted to do. He wanted yeah. to monopolize wrestling in America. Because mm-hmm. you really couldn't do it in Japan. Like they they you good luck for trying to monopolize Fans it. Fans are too smart. Fans are too smart. Companies just ain't gonna let you just erase everything. But it's also, also a very now that I've traveled to Japan and I'm worldly. Um, I it's a very American. <laughs> the first one. Um, it's a very American idea, I think, yes. to want to have a superhero. Yes. To to have in a um, have somebody to rally around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just worked well for this audience. And especially a strong man like Vince McMahon, um, like in both stature and physical and whatever, blah, 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 blah. It just made sense. And it could be done here. I don't know if it could be done anywhere else. And also pro wrestling, he wanted to make it feel two dimensional because it's like I read a line once from uh, the masked man, David Schumacher, who has written. I forgot the name of his book, but he's a great writer. He writes for the ringer. He has podcasts for the ringer. He has a couple of books. Um, the best, the, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing others that it didn't exist, and the greatest trick that Vince McMahon ever pulled was convincing everybody that pro wrestling didn't matter. Because exactly. he, he was able to get away with so much from monopolization to horrible, 
fucking scoundrel acts to treating his wrestlers like shit in the name of like, oh, well, it's pro wrestling. It's carny shit. Right. And it's just like you realize like, oh, no, this doesn't have to be like this. Yeah. And we could be better. The crazy part was, was when I realized that this lawsuit is a completely separate lawsuit from what originally kicked them out. So this was one that was just filed as of last week because he wasn't paying the NDA money. So because he stopped paying the money for the NDA, it broke the NDA so the girl can then speak out on it. So that was when I was just like, okay, I do not know if you read the text messages that was in that lawsuit. I, I a little. Like, I didn't need to be convinced anymore that Vince McMahon is a piece of shit. Like I heard it and I was like, yep, great. Check this out. But when I saw the text messages out in there, I was just like, I need eye bleach. Like I need to bleach my eyes because this was top level ridiculous. But it also just shows you because it and also this started in 2020. Like this started in the height of the pandemic. I, and well, this particular incident, this one, this one particularly. So it makes you think how many NDAs are put away. Oh, so many. And it's just like, oh, so this is just like the tip of the iceberg. And then for it to implicate other people and talent, it's just like, what the fuck mountain is, it, is this just like the tip of the iceberg? of Like, what is this just the start of? And it's kind of crazy. It does become a very dangerous, scary game of like who else knows about it because we all know Vince McMahon was a piece of shit. Yes. Um, you assumed a couple of the cronies, the John Laurinaitis, the Tom Pritchards, they all knew about it. But how much farther does these tentacles go? Oh, um, so a report was that you know TKO was thinking about TKO Endeavor is thinking about cleaning house. Of anybody in WWE who was close to Vince. Well, that for sure, like close to Vince. But like, who's who's left that's close to Vince? Well, Bruce Prichard was, and then freaking Ronda Rousey outed him out on Twitter over the weekend. uh, I didn't see that. Oh yeah, she basically went on Twitter and says, as long as Bruce Prichard's there, then Vince still has a grip in the company. She said, when Vince was last gone, he was basically his avatar. She tweeted that the morning of Royal Rumble. It's amazing that. It's like Ronda Rousey's the first star who went to like superstar outside of like wrestling who went to WWE and was like, fuck this. Yes. <laughs> fuck this place. Uh like who whose love of pro wrestling was soiled because of WWE. She went and wrestled in Ring of Honor, bro. Ring of Honor. Hold on. Because she Pearl wanted to wrestle and was like, fuck WWE. She went to wrestling revolver. And had a match with Billy Starks and Athena in a wrestling revolver. Yeah. She loves it's, wrestling. She hates WWE. It's crazy, though, because... Okay. Then you go from that. I think there's a date. I think there's a possibility a lot of people are probably by... I think by after Mania, a lot of changes are going to be coming to that office. Everything. It's, it's going to be a sweep. It, has, it, it looks like it's going to be... But what then, I'm more curious, yeah, go. Then I don't know if you watched the press conference after Royal Rumble. I watch clips. Um, I don't watch the whole thing. I am so perplexed by how bad Triple H handled it. He answered it exactly the way I expected him to answer it. I don't expect you to say you never read the lawsuit. 
Like you're not going to say that out loud. Like because if not- he said that he read the lawsuit, it leads to some suspicion that he knew about it beforehand. Because well, you can easily make the excuse, I didn't know about it beforehand, and you know it broke the, today, and we found out at the same time that we, you did, and I just haven't had time getting ready for the Royal Rumble. There's, I'm very busy. You know Where what Santa it? did? Not to cut you off, but how Cody no, no, no. answered it. Cody answered it how Triple H should have answered it. About, you know, we're finding out in real time, but, you know, the way Cody handled it, you could tell Cody... Cody's very media trained. Let's not get it fucked up. <laughs> I think beyond I think beyond media trained, I think Cody has a very natural ability to be diplomatic. Like he's said before, he has political aspirations, and you could see it in the way he speaks. And I think the way he handles it and handled that was better than how Triple H handled because there was ways, but you don't say, "Hey, I don't want to focus on the. Ne- I don't want to be bogged down by the negative." It's like let's not focus is- on the negative. It's like yeah, bro. This is not just a negative, but you also got to realize that's your father-in-law. Like, that is a man you've worked under for, like, nearly 30 years. And that you're actually in his family. You're not just a regular person answering this question. You're not a regular executive. It's different if it was, like, Nick Khan up there who has not been with Vince that long. You have been. You you wouldn't have even gotten this position if you was not technically gotten to this point if you wasn't married to Stephanie, if you wasn't married into that family. It looks a little crazy when you I, say that. Like, you can't answer that. Cody, like, you gotta answer it because people do see you in a different your, kind of life. Your executive has to answer it better than your wrestler. Yes. Your wrestler can't answer that better than your executive. But Cody had the same answer. He just said it better. He's like, yeah, we found out the same time you did. And sometimes it's not what you say, it's the way you say it. Sure. And in the situation that comes with this level of sensitivity, you got to be able to say it in a way that like, is very much professional. And, and like, also, I feel like any PR manager would be like, hey, maybe not the best time to send shots about like the forbidden door at AEW. Don't, don't do that so easily, but then you are like playing, you've got like the hottest feet. When it comes down to these questions where you got you can't sit still, it looks kind of crazy. It looks like you're going on the, the attack for all the wrong reasons. And you're like, yeah. and you're bad at playing defense as well. Yeah. It feels like you're going on attack because you don't want to play defense. Yeah. And it's like, they answered him like three, four questions about it in a row. Like, they asked him, how are you making, how are you guys working on making the company safer? And he gave a very, uh, well, you know, I'll just give you the most general answer I can. Everything is possible. Uh, we are doing our absolute, and I'm just like, you can't, like, you got to realize this is the third to fourth lawsuit on Vince about this. You can't just say public everything's lawsuit. possible. Pu- public. Also, you've been there for other things, possibly with Vince, brother. You've been there since the 90s, the wild 90s. If I was you, I'd say we are doing our due diligence to make sure everybody can be as comfortable as possible. But this is all due to legal matters, so we can't get into certain things. That's all you have to say. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. But like he didn't. It's um. Yeah. I, I mean, he. I, it definitely wasn't a great. Like it was what I expected, but it's also not a great look. And also. I think because of the nature of what pro wrestling is, it's very good at being able to just keep going forward because the next week it's going to be there. It's yeah. like, so 
people are going to start thinking of storylines and just keep moving forward. And people have, you know, pro wrestling tricked the world into thinking it doesn't ex- it doesn't matter, so they can do whatever the fuck they want, um, which is a shame on fucking yeah. everybody and everything. And it's you know when Do- when Vince McMahon got pushed out for the first time, I was like, he's coming back. This is not how he's going to go. Um, and then of course he did, mm-hmm. and he came back. And then KO. We're getting into almost conspiracy now. Mm-hmm. I say this, we'll sprinkle some allegedly in there. I don't think it's a coincidence that TKO was trying to push him out and these allegations surfaced around the same time. There's like some corporate espionage nope. going on here. I have been saying this for a while. If you look at when Nick Khan came in, there has been some weird stuff that has been popping up lately. Nick Khan came in around 2018, 2019, and I feel like he's and he's been working his way up. Every every other year, he's he's going up. And I'm just like, nah, there's something here. Like they wanted Vince out already. And I'm not gonna lie. As you said, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled. The greatest yeah. trick Ari Emanuel ever pulled is making Vince think he still had power when he was going when they was doing that merger. And as soon as that thing dried, he said, take your old ass to go, go do that. Get because for the way. first time in wrestling, Vince ran into somebody who had more money than him. And exactly. who understand corporate structure better than he did. Yep. And, and he got taken advantage of. It was It's crazy the person who loved to take advantage of people got taken advantage of right in front of his face. Mm-hmm. And it, it took somebody from outside of wrestling. Yeah, because in wrestling, Vince knows the tricks. But when you're talking business and you're dealing with other business people who make more money than you, they know tricks. It's it's a beautiful irony that Vince always wanted to make his company bigger than wrestling, sports entertainment and all that. And then once he was able to achieve that goal, the people who are go beyond wrestling are the ones who took him down. It's like good fellas. It's like we get you into the door, and then as soon as you come through, just yeah. <laughs> just yeah, yeah, yeah. bag over the head. Now, it's crazy. Uh, he thought he was made man. He did. Like Vince thought, I I I came back. I beat this case, or not that I beat this case, but I let this cool off enough for me to come back, push in the power. I'm gonna do this how I want to. And then they just pushed his ass out, and then. I don't also find it ironic. He was on the board, supposedly, just to set up the TV rights. That's what he kept saying. And the same week the Netflix deal comes out is the same day this lawsuit comes out. I do not think some of these things are just coincidences. No. It it would be crazy. But I think when there's that much money involved, there's no such thing as coincidences. Exactly. So, And then I think... I do think there's probably we'll probably hear, and that's what makes me that's what makes me very bugged out a little bit because I'm like, this is January, this is only the third week of January, we have a whole year, and this man probably has a mountains of NDAs. Who knows what NDA has been broken? And if an NDA has been broken, we don't know what name is going to get brought up, who name may get brought up. Because look, now everything with Brock Lesnar has completely gone to the wayside. You can't bring him back. Why not? Brock Lesnar, he's implicated in the lawsuit. Oh, I didn't see that. 
so Brock Lesnar, so it was used that basically Vince tried to sell the girl off to Brock to get him to resign. Like, kind of is like using her as a bargaining chip of like, you're gonna fuck him for. No, and what did Brock him. say? Brock was with it. He got her. these like sent me like they was communicating. Brock was like, send me a video of you like urinating or stuff like that. And then like Dave was setting up a play date for her and Brock, but a storm blocked it. And and Brock is implicated not by name, but UFC champion, WWE star. I don't think we need to really pick. Yeah. No. So it's not hard to narrow that shit down. He was supposed to be in the Royal Rumble and they had to nix it. They had to be like, nope. I know that Braun Breaker got the Brock Lesnar spot, but I just mm-hmm. I didn't know exactly why. So his, he's basically implicated as one of the people that Vince possibly tried to sex trap well, that Vince sex trafficked the girl. It's I mean it's why I mean it makes sense of why Brock walked out when he found out Vince had been pushed out. Exactly. Because that was around that was a year after this possibly happened. Mm-hmm. So it's all clicking that, into place. Yep. Those. So that's why I'm like, ooh, buddy. Who knows how deeper this hole gets? Because now it looks like and I'm kind of like, don't get me wrong, horrible shit. All of them deserve to go out. As a wrestling fan, knowing that Brock Gunther was the main match, and I'm just like, why you had to be a piece of shit? Like, why did you have to be a piece of shit? <laughs> and I think it's okay to look at it a little selfishly and myoptically. But still, also, go fuck it's like, Brock. It's like the Dave Chappelle joke about fucking House of Cards. It's like, if that kid could have held on to Kevin Spacey's secret for six more months, I could have found out how House of Cards ended. But oh, yeah. I look at Brock like you could go burn in hell now. Sure. No. Like, you know, it, it's not two things can be true. Yeah. But um let's yeah, talk about do you want to talk about who won the Royal Rumble? Yes, before Rumbles. we get the Rumble. I would like to say to any person who has been a victim of Vince, uh, my heart goes to you. Uh, I'm sorry. I hope you're getting any type of help. I hope financially you go and get whatever comeuppance you deserve. And I hope you're seeking like any type of assistance that you do need for any of the things you've been that has been done to you. Because no you do deserve it. You do deserve more. Exactly. The Royal Rumble was cool. Like, it, it was it was a cool show. It was okay. For clarity of the audience, I haven't watched it yet. I do know who won it. And I do know the storylines going in. Go forth. So, the Women's Rumble was the star of the show. Absolute hands-down star of the show. Um Jordan Grace being in the Rumble was fucking shocking. Like, funny enough, like, I'm in the room, my girlfriend, her cousin, they're all talking to me. And then I hear the siren go off in my headphones. And I just, like, looked at my phone. I'm like, that sounds like Jordan Grace's side. Wait, hang like, on, hang on, hang on, pause. You, so you're in the in a room with your girlfriend and her friend on your phone watching the like Rumble right with, head, with headphones? Like, it's right here. And I, I want to get like, the what? picture. So it's like, for the people that can't see, like, I got my phone flat, like, right in front of me. I'm talking to my girlfriend who's, like, right in front of me, like, where the camera is. And her cousin's right here. Her her, uh, her cousin's children are right behind her. Uh, my girlfriend. Like, they're all talking to me. And I have the Rumble here because I'm, like, I'm not missing a Royal Rumble. I, I love... If there's one thing in WWE that I love, still, it's a good Royal Rumble. Listen, it's a perfect match. It is. So... You had Naomi come out. I'm like, all right, cool. Naomi was number two. I'm like, all right, cool. Is she back or is she just back? She's back. 
Like they got the Naomi T-shirt. She had Naomi in the hair, everything. She's back. Um, so you know, I'm like, all right, cool. She came out to the like, bring it to the floor. Yeah, I loved it. I was like, lit. So then, I forget who number four was. I want to. I forget. No, it was Candice LeRae. I hear Candice LeRae. I'm like, all right, cool. Bailey comes out, cool. I hear the siren go off in my ears, and I'm like. Nobody in WWE has a siren in their music. I'm like, the only person I know who has a siren is Jordan Grace. And then I look down and I see her with the belt, and I'm just like, like I, like I get the show, like my brain like scattered for a second because I was just like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> like, what the fuck am I watching? And I saw I, her elimination spot too. That was incredible. Elimin- elimination spot was great. Honestly, they made Jordan Grace look really awesome. Her and Ivy Nile had like this the strong woman standoff of holding somebody in the suplex with like one arm in the middle of the ring. It was awesome. Um, also never realized how short Jordan Grace was until I oh, yeah, no, she's her. tiny. She is so tiny, but she's like, my I, mean, I should say she's short. Like she's not tiny, obviously, but yeah, no, no. she's cool. She's, she's quite short. Um, the middle of the women's rumble was a little shaky. Yeah. Just a little shaky. Um, now, when we got to 21, when Jay came in, or around 2021, when Jay came in, star. A star. Instantly made Jay a star. First of all, her picking up Naya with ease and slamming Naya, and then picking up Naya and throwing her over the ropes after Naya had been eliminating everybody. I mean, I think that's really Naya's best role is like a glorified jobber. Yeah, I think that was dope. I think they're going to do Bianca Jade at Mania because they had their stare down in the middle of the ring. I don't think they're going to put Jade in a Mania. I don't know because there was reports that people feel like the issue with Jade is that she does forget her spots or what, like how everything's planned out in matches. Yeah, um, and if you put her in front of 100,000 people, that's only going to... I think that's a Mania that match that they have planned mm-hmm. or... 15 months from now for the next mania. I think it depends on how much you trust Bianca. I don't. That's because Bianca's strengths as a wrestler and for clarity, superstar. I think she has like beyond even all the potential in the world. I think it's potential realized. I think she's right now. One of the best wrestlers Full stop, not women's wrestlers, but you still need to be uh, realistic about their strengths and weaknesses. And Bianca's strengths and weaknesses is not like match layout. Right. And I think if you you don't want to put this is something that Chavo and I talked about in his interview, is like mm-hmm. you never want to put people who have the same weaknesses against each other. That's very true. And I, you're I think putting two yeah. people whose weaknesses complement each other. And eventually this match is going to happen. And they're going to have the same weaknesses. But by then, at least, it's a little more on an even plane. Yeah. But the final three being Liv Morgan, Jade, and Bailey was pretty dope. Yeah. Um, seeing Bailey win the Rumble was... That made I, me happy. That, oh, really, that made, that made me, so me really, really happy. Because she deserves it. Yeah. She's... The most overlooked woman, like in a while, like she has been. I don't know about overlooked, like she has gotten a lot of love. She's had, she's led factions, she's won championships. She ain't never, like, if you look at it in the pandemic, her and Sasha Banks was carrying 
the fucking show for a minute. Yeah. And then you didn't have to have a Mania match. She was the host of, of WrestleMania. And was that the 2020 Mania? No, 2021 when they did it in Tampa. Remember okay. when they... She was the host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't no, even get a match. And then the month right after getting ready for the tour, she tears her knee. And then oh, she's listen, out for a whole year. I think and she's then, gotten her love. I think she's not overlooked. And But I also think that th- that she des- more than deserves, she's earned a Royal Rumble spot. And the story fits perfectly. And it's her time. And I hope she wins the fucking chip off of this my, now. My only reason why I say it, this is her first singles match at WrestleMania. Get the fuck out of here. I've That's why I said that. it. This is going to be her first singles match oh. at WrestleMania. That's why I'm saying it also. She's never had a one-on-one singles match at WrestleMania. It's always a four-way or a tag or something. Like she's never she's always been in multi-man or multi-woman matches. So it's like this is gonna be her first one after winning the rumble. And I'm like, she deserves it. Yeah. Roman Reigns match was paint by numbers. Um of course it pretty was. much. Um I don't know about anything about any of the matches. I just know the Royal Rumble results. I know Cody won the men's, which so like the- it, yeah, go. The men's missed. It was missing some spice. Like you know, like you can taste some. Like the, the ingredients are here, but I can't tell if it's missing some salt, some pepper. Like it's like they're cooking something, but something was missing. And I said, I think my issue was the order in which people came out. Cody won from like fifteen, and I'm like, last year he was thirty. He was fifteen this year. I don't know why you didn't have Cody in like. Like, the first five. Like, I think Cody should have been in, like, the first five to ten people to come out. So, it felt a little weird to me because you didn't have Drew, Gunther, Cody, Punk, Sammy up until, like, the last batch of people. So, the first is kind of uploaded with people that people ain't really that invested in. Like, don't get me wrong. The first two is Jay and Jimmy Uso for their rivalry. But then you had Grayson Waller. You know how I feel about Waller. Um, <laughs> then you had the Andrade return spot, which was funny because I, I, Carmelo Hayes sounded like he got a bigger pop than Andrade, which was kind of funny to me. <laughs> Andrade is like sleeping in the bed that he made for himself in the sense that like Andrade always assumed that he was a star. And so, and it's the point I've made on this show before. So he doesn't always give full effort because he yeah. plateaued as one of the best in the ring that can do it, or even full wrestlers that can do it. But eventually, that uh, that stagnant action, stagnant performance is going to catch yeah. up to you. And fans don't really give a shit anymore. Also, I will say one thing that the Rumble highlighted: how shit the music in WWE for entrance. <laughs> Like, it's bad because Andrade's new music sucks. And it's bad because he had a banger in AEW. That fucking, the little guitar, the fucking like entrance music they had to some that just go, Idolo. And it's just like some weird Idolo. And it's just a weird ass. I'm like, I don't like this. Wait, so he's going by Andrade El Idolo now? It just said Andrade. (laughs) It just said Andrade. That's it. Okay. Um, yeah, the men's rumble was just it didn't really have a lot of surprises. Um it didn't really have like any returns. Well, I mean Andrade was the only real return. Um Did he have a good performance? He was cool. Like it wasn't like he stood out. 
I would say that. Yeah. Like you had him and um Santos Escobar, which I'm like great. That'll be cool. More LWL yeah. shit. Cool. I'm cool with that. Um Braun Breaker pretty much stood out to me instantly. Right. I've never realized how hard that man hits the ropes. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, it sounds like a fucking runaway car. I think Braun Breaker is a cool name. I just want to say do that. We're not, we're not going to do that right now, Jack. We're just going to get through the rumble because me and you can have. We've, we've had enough disputes for a week. All right, Jack? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean. Okay, so what do you think about Cody winning and his storyline going into Mania? Because it's what everybody predicted. It's what everybody yeah. knew was going to happen going back to last Mania. Um, Looking at it, it makes the most sense, right? Like, how else would Cody get to Roman? Right. There's no other logical way for him to get to Roman. What was the so, What was the crowd like when he won? Crowd was excited. Okay, so it was Surprisingly, before. the crowd was a little dead. Well, like. So this wasn't the best crowd. I will tell you that right now. Okay. I have seen collision. The collision crowd sound loud. With nine hundred people? <laughs> two thousand. <laughs> it said two thousand was the top final total. Russell Ticks, trust them. Um but uh, yeah, I do trust Russell Ticks. So it was louder with them than it really was throughout that end of the Cody Punk thing. Uh Cody Punk was the last two. They had like a little mini match. Um It was good, and I think people were excited to see Cody win because, to be honest, people want to see this this Roman shit end. We are tired. We are fucking tired of Roman Reigns still having this belt. It's just so predictable. Like I was, I was actually I understood when Cody lost. I mean, I still think he should have won that, but I understood. Um, but I don't think like the build back to it. It's not been. nearly as good. Right. Like, the thing is, when you do that, you're taking the risk that you can double down. And that when you get back to it, fans are going to be twice as excited. And I, do, I, I truly, this is not like me putting any, any uh, impression on it one way or the other. I truly don't mm-hmm. know if they are or they aren't. Um, so you're taking this risk that you're going to go into Mania that you can build over the next two months and have fans just as excited as they were when you had the Bloodline storyline mixed with the Cody storyline, and WWE was at its hottest it's been in years and years and years and years and years and years and years. It don't feel the same. Because you it know why? What you had with Sammy was magic in the bottom. What you had with Sammy going into him, breaking up him being What you had with both of them was magic. Right, because the thing was, you have to remember, going into Mania, there was people who wanted Sammy possibly even, even at Elimination Chamber. You had people who wanted... You know, you had investment. Yeah, and you I think the idea was, is like, we're going to make Roman seem even bigger and more of a final boss if he beats both of them. But it it didn't. It only it, felt like... Because like, you're just like, this has to end eventually. Like So that became your... Just you, 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 your day-to-day feeling. But I think what the hindrance is... We had more of Roman a character going into Rumble because you got to see like Sammy making either like Sammy yeah. interacting with them. So you had more character development on the bloodline, like standpoint of like where did they go? Are they in fighting? What's going on? Is this the time where they all end? And then the fact is, you have to think about since Mania, we've only had four Roman 
matches since last Mania. That's that's really crazy. Night of Champions, Money in the Bank, Survivor Series, the uh, uh, SummerSlam, and then Crown Jewel in November. That is it up until Rumble. So you mm. only had in like an eight month span him really do four matches. I mean, I don't. I mean, you have to include Rumble as well, so that's five. I mean, if we're including, I mean, but up until Rumble, because I'm just saying from Rumble, because even when you look at it, right, just you didn't really pay attention to the Roman match. How do you think the Roman match ended? I wanted you just, because um, you don't know. Spear, Spear, Roman, in, interference from Bloodline, or I guess all that's left is Solo. One, two, three. Think about it. I just asked you, and that's exactly how the shit went. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And I really like Roman matches. Um, it, I do. I think his mastery of the notes of the gray of the space yeah. between moves is is mastery. But like, it's still we know how it's going to go. And I think um, the interference, the bloodline stuff, has taken the luster out of it. I think yeah. it has taken the joy out of it. Like I, he needed, he needed a clean win. Yes, and the thing is to have Solo interfere in a four way. It's just like my, my motherfucker, why? Like there's yeah. three other people there. Like, you could have had this go a lot of different ways, but you need to put a, a sixth person really if you include Paul Heyman. So the thing is, I think, and I said this last year to some friends. I said even if you want to do this whole redemption Rocky thing for Cody, which it seemed like they were trying to do this whole time. You know, Philadelphia, Rocky, whatever. My thing is, it's not going to be nearly as hot as it would have been if you just did it last year. Yeah. And I think also having the Sammy and the Bloodline storyline, like, uh, colliding with Cody and his storyline, it consolidated and made it exponentially more powerful. And now... Instead of having two stories that are really hot that, you know, can feed each other, you're trying to build separately. Yeah. And and the weird part about it is, I still don't to this day know why Roman needed to win. Anything he's done since... Right. Like, that's the thing, too. It's not like him or Cody. Like, it's not like you've done anything with that time. Yes. To add to more depth to their story. And it's weird, man. Like, like... <sighs> Like, I can already see the matches that are going to be on Mania, right? We're going to do Punk Seth. Yeah. We're going to do Cody Roman. Um, if you're putting Braun Breaker in Brock spot, I, I, I would like a Braun Gunther. That'd be great. Um, you're going to get Rhea Jimmy Be-K- versus Jay. Right. Jimmy versus Jay. Rhea Becky. Uh, Bailey EO. Yeah. Like, it looks like a good card for a two-night show. It looks good. But here comes the issue. You have another show coming up. Seth ain't going to be on that show in Elimination Chamber. His knee. So he ain't going to be wrestling. Because uh, he tore his meniscus and has a yeah. damage, whatever. Right now, it's said that Gunther might have visa issues getting into Australia. Because <laughs> he can't technically... Well, in the... He can't technically go in the I hurt. see. Yeah. So, um, Brock was supposed to be on the show. He ain't going to be on the show no more. Um, right. <laughs> uh, we know Roman ain't wrestling. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because you could get. Listen, it's still possible. Be with me here for a moment. It's not happening. Be with me here for a moment. It's not happening, though, brother. You can still get The Rock versus Roman. Brother, he was winded after a people's elbow on gender. You think in one month he's going to be all right to go wrestle? You can still have Dude, Rock her? versus Roman. Okay, this could be their idea of like, oh, this is how we're going to like tantalize the fans again and get everybody invested. I think Rock Roman gets announced the night after WrestleMania. I think they announce or, it like I think for they do the, John for the Cena Mania they, after they do the John Cena Rock, you know, announce it a year ahead. Actually, I think that's more <laughs> realistic possibility than what I said. Because right. I don't think fifty-one-year-old Rock is going to get his cardio up enough in a month to go wrestle in Perth, brother. I don't think that's happening because their story also never needed the belt. No, part of me is scared. I'm not gonna lie. To you. Part of me is scared. It's terrible. I don't think I. I don't trust Cody's leaving Mania with the fucking belt. Me neither. Which is exactly what they want. So maybe they did win. Maybe, but it was a cool show. Um, I would tell anybody who had not seen it go out your way to see the women's rumble. Yeah, women's no, rumble I'm gonna watch start the show. Uh, men's rumble. It's cool in spots, but there's no like fun almost elimination. Like all the almost elimination spots was in the women's shit. Like where they like. Just barely survival. There was none of that in the men's. It was kind of weird. It was like no Kofi spot, no nothing. You want to wrap this shit up with your Sting booking? Your Sting Sting retirement booking? Do we want to talk about how we got here? <laughs> Do we want to talk about how we got here? I don't think we need to. Um, Deem and I got into a very fight last Wednesday about whether or not Sting should win the tag team championship. Um. Listen, I'm all for Sting. <laughs> I love Sting deeply, in my Sting. opinion, <laughs> in, a, in a sport that's supposed to simulate a combat or sport. Someone who's in their 60s should not win a championship belt. Okay. And that's I no, agree. that's not ageist. That's just reality of how sports work. <laughs> it's it's um, reality of how sports work. This is my argument to it. Is that you can see that they're doing like a reset of everything right before the bookings. I mean, the rankings come back. Yes. Um, because technically, FTW belt is not recognized by AEW. It's never a recognized belt. It's never a recognized belt. So the person who had the best record singles-wise in AEW is Hook. Yes. So it made sense for Hook to have a match with Joe. The best team record-wise is Stig and Darby. Yes. So it makes sense for them to have the tag titles. It makes sense for them to have a tag title match. The reason why I say it makes sense for them to have that, right? You, perfect example. Would you have Roman lose the belt to Rock at Elimination Chamber before Mania? No. Because it wouldn't make sense, right? Because The Rock is old and retired and has See, wrestled. See, you're thinking about age. I'm talking about story here. Let's think. Okay, about- but like, here's the thing. We're not doing this, Jack. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not going to do this. Fine. Just tell me. So, are you? Would you book it the same way AEW is currently booking it? So, here's my thing with it. Would I person as a person who's been a Sting fan most of my life, WCW boy? Um, I think, this, uh, I think this, this champagne got me a little drunk. 
was about to say. <laughs> it is eight a.m. It is like eight a.m. And also, you're in like high altitude. Isn't like high altitude for you? Isn't that? Oh yeah, no, big? I'm at eight thousand feet right now, but I'm also oh, yes. acclimated. Okay, and, but, um, and slurring my words, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you came so close to giving Dave what he wanted. You used to came so close to giving Dave. Drunk, what he wanted. drunk episode. Yeah. Um, but I think it's this. Because Sting is not comfortable to do singles match. Yes. I have to give him a match that he's, he would want. Yeah. Because it's only fair. Um, because. And here's the thing I take from this thing. As someone. And you could call this bias. It could be bias. Anybody could call it bias. I'm fine with it. I'm willing to say it is. But as someone who watched his career. For majority of my life. And saw the injury when it happened. Like watched the Seth Rollins match. Kind of was heartbroken by that. To then seeing him come back in AEW. Do the double or nothing match against Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. And see him like do all these things he has. It's only fair he gets to write it off the way he he feels. He can best perform to write it off. Um, so to me... I think the Young Bucks are the people I would put them against. I think only because we've never seen, like, we've seen it in a six-man with him and El Fantasmo and Darby Shingo at Forbidden Door 1. Yeah. And it was a really great fucking match. <laughs> it was, like, a very entertaining match. And I think it can be that great again because at that time it was heel Bucks. And I think heel bucks with a babyface sting can work. And, and I, I think, think the best heel bucks we've gotten in AEW. And I know the spot that we're going to get. I, I see it already in my mind. Because it's too perfectly set up with Ric Flair, especially out there. Is the I'm sorry, I love you, stubble super kick spot, and sting no sells it. And this little heart of mine will shine. <laughs> so bright. Because he's going to no-sell it and double close on him. But also, I think the way they set it up is it will help the tag division because the belt is going to go on the Bucks. Yes. The Bucks are ready with this whole head of power thing with championships and talking about how they are the, you know, the tag team and everything and setting them up where I think you can have one of these younger teams like a private party, like a like top flight or whoever else, even if you, because they're getting over like crazy, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, and I feel like this is going to go in the super new fucking group chat. Even the guns would get Listen, over. I'm I love the guns. <laughs> I love the. I think the guns are a young version, an NXT version of FTR. I've said that for a while. Like I'll say that around. on the record. I'm like I think the way they wrestle, like just. Their, their, their tag team psychology resembles FTR, young FTR. Yeah. I'm just not crazy about some of their selling, which, sure. again, Jack may hate me for saying this. I felt their selling was most fitting versus Mobile Embassy in six-man tag match. Because I feel like oh, <laughs> use their name. Like, their mama gave them Gates of Agony. 
but but it was Marvel Embassy the whole. It was the whole. It was a six man. It was a six man. Um, but I felt it was most like fitting for that because they do big selling and they do big selling for people that might be a little smaller than them. And I'm like, eh, this is a little dramatized. But it's like when they do big selling for big people, I'm like, oh, this fits. This is really good here. Um, well, it's funny but, they've done most of their learning under the AEW umbrella because if you're being like realistic, their selling most resembles Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Yes. So I think this is a good place to do it. Now, in my dream world, I would do Sting and Darby. But I know Sting. Right. Like that's like the fantasy fantasy booking. It's like Sting yeah. versus Darby. But Sting doesn't want to do a singles match. So like throwing that out, my fantasy booking would be is I I I'm fine with Sting getting a title match. I don't think he should win a title. Um, I would have done Sting versus Darby. Uh, I mean, Sting and Darby versus uh, versus Big Bill and Ricky at the pay-per-view, and Ricky gets the, paint, the pin on Sting, and then the Young Bucks beat Ricky and Big Bill. And you can do... I would have... Um, Ricky shakes Sting's hand. Maybe they turn a little face. Then you have a face versus heel Bucks. Like, and the Bucks turn some shit of like, oh, we're the EP, we're the EVPs. We're having a belt championship match right when we want it, the very next week. And so then you have them take the belts right off of them. It ruins their moment. To me, also, I think because here's why I would look at it. Also, if we're doing the rankings, right? If this goes back to Ricky being a solo star. Ricky goes right back into active, into the rankings where he needs to be. Like, in, in singles, because Ricky hasn't really lost a singles match. And he's like going to go down. No, but he would have to start from the bottom if you're being. He probably have to start from the bottom, but yeah. that I think, especially if you're doing rankings, especially because there's no dark, there's no elevation. Like, we're going to have to see these matches, right? So which I think is going to make it even better. Like, I think it's right. going to make the rankings even cleaner. So I think for me, the thing is. As much as I love Ricky, this is not the place where Ricky needs to be. And like, I feel like Big Bill. I don't like, especially yeah. if you're doing rankings. I feel like, and I don't know, maybe they do the face of the revolution ladder match again. Maybe you got Ricky in that. Maybe we do. But Ricky needs to be in a place where you're using Ricky for what you need Ricky for. Yeah, and but like also, Ricky has been in a holding pattern for years because the truth of the matter is his matches aren't that great. Like, like if, you know, if you're going to break into the 30 point system of a pro wrestler where 10 goes to in ring ability, 10 goes to look, 10 goes to charisma, promo, whatever, you know, he has a nine in look and promo, but like his matches are a six, a five. He has some matches that I would say is higher than a six. Like, Exclude Danielson. I wouldn't say Danielson only. Like, uh, his first Exclude match with Jericho. Danielson and Punk. His first match with Jericho. The first match. Okay, but again, we're really talking good. about somebody who's a pro wrestling legend. I would say... There's only so baby. many Jericho's, Punk's, and Danielson's he can work with, especially if he's going to be a champion, a singles champion. I would say his match with Hangman, unfortunately, the match where he fucked up his neck was really good. Um, the match with it's Jay okay. Lethal was really good, surprisingly, okay. because I'm not a Jay Lethal person. Yeah. Um him, Swerve, Jack Perry was really good. That triple threat uh, in Louisiana right before Double or Nothing. It was okay. He, to me, 
you have to give him the avenue where it can where it can get better. Even though I think Ricky's probably gone. Like you think he's gone? Oh, Ricky's gone to WWE once his contract's up. Are we kidding ourselves? I did not know. I did not think that, or know that, or whatever. If you look at Ricky, and me and you, I would say of our friends, me and you are probably the most active WWE watchers. <laughs> you look at Ricky. And think about Triple H game. Yeah. He's on that main roster, and he, he he's going to be slotted somewhere. We'll see. But you got to give me your, your, your sting. Like, um, how you're booking this. Are you just doing it the same way AEW? Which is fine. Yeah, I would do it the same way AEW okay. is doing it, which is in two weeks, he would, in what, what is that, February 7th, I think? They, they win the belts. And then they would, in less than a month, they drop it to the Bucks. They would be transitional tag champions. Yeah. And I'm fine with that because my only thing is make sure you announce Bucks staying in them no DQ. Because that's the best way you're going to get your full bang for your buck. For uh, ah, I see what you did there. Yeah, I mean, I think- it's also like you can get the Bucks doing crazy spots. You can do yeah. Darby doing crazy spots. And then you build it up into like Sting gets one crazy spot. Like is one like... Is his home, home run swing. Yep. Like, if I'm really going to be able to keep this belt. But, like, also, if you... Here's also my frustration with him being the tag team champion. Okay. Is if he's going into that match as the tag team champion, mm-hmm. like, you know he's going to lose because it's his last match anyways. Okay. That's fine. Like, look, there are matches where it's okay to be predictable. Like, let's be real. We went into full gear and we knew Kenny was probably dropping the hangman. But that's not Kenny... predictable. That's like that is predictable. I'm saying Kenny versus Hangman is predictable. Uh Sting Darby versus Box is certain. There's two different right. things. That's fine because okay, you have two things. You could have your first ever retiree with the champ where he's just like, Okay, I'm retiring with this belt. There's no one else that's done it outside of Brody Lee's death where they retired the first original TNT belt. Yeah. You can be like, hey, we giving you your send-off. This belt is retired. We have to open up new tag team belts. We start a new tag team tournament going into double or nothing. Boom. Or we do the Bucks, and you already have rankings coming up because you have, if not this week, next week, you have Private Party versus Top Flight 2. You have... But they still say Ray Phoenix is out injured still. But you have other teams coming up. You still have FTR in that mix. Kings of the Black Throne somewhere in that mix. You still have other things in that mix for your tag. You see what I'm saying? So either way, you can either have a tournament or we're going to get the Bucks starting storylines. And Bucks storylines are pretty, like, honestly, with this Bucks. I don't think you lose in either or. Cause they, it feels like it feels like for the first time in AEW that they have a real character, like a definable yes. character. Yes, they feel like because Babyface Bucks is cool, but it's not the same. But this EVP Nicholas and Matthew Jackson is <laughs> is just like, oh, their characters are amazing. Like them, <laughs> them like running the show while Sting and Darby was having a segment last week. Like you should see them with the headsets and the screens yeah, yeah, yeah. in front of them. It was perfect. It was like this is this is the proper way to do it. So I, I think, yeah. I think I don't think it leaves it in any weird capacity. It's just the fact you know on November 3rd you've seen something crazy. I don't know, and I think there's 
that there's certainly worse ways to build the rest pro wrestling pay-per-view. Absolutely. But let us know how you would book it. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, this is Jack Simon. You can see me on jacksimonmakes.com. And my Instagram, jackdocsimon. Twitter, jackdocsimon. Got my jackdocsimon JDS doc hat on right here in case you forget. And you can find me, Life the Beam, on everything once I haven't gone crazy this next week with life. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram, Wrestling with Romance. And on, did I say on Twitter? I meant Instagram. <laughs> that was our Instagram, Wrestling with Romance. And then Twitter, Wrestling Podcast. I mean, Romance Podcast. We see you guys next week. Peace. Doses. <laughs>